He knows New York. He is New York. Cred that the others don't have. Curtis Lewa, Talk Radio 77 WABC. Edition here at WABC featuring yours truly, Curtis Slewa. 45 minutes of a rip and reading commentary. I take phone calls all weekend long where it's driven by you, the listeners, the callers. I don't have guests. But boy, let's get right down to it. Perfect song here by Steppenwolf. You need a magic carpet ride to get around New York City, especially Manhattan, as we are stuck. With day two of the dictators, despots, and tyrants on their march to the U.N. General Assembly. And especially, I want to congratulate a number of New York and New Jersey Iranians that I ran into, Persians, who were protesting uh, the visit to our country by their president in Tehran, who they say, and they had the documentary evidence on the sides of their big pickup trucks, 30,000 dissidents who were either killed or who have been languishing in the gulags of the Ayatollahs. Oh, my God, it continues. But naturally, the normal way, Lou, you would get around this uh, gridlock of dictators, despots, and tyrants that we're going to be stuck with for about another week is you would take the subway, right? You would take the subway. Uh, except increasing numbers of people don't want to take the subway, especially women, because they are gripped in fear, fright, hysteria, but no hype. It's the real deal. Although I noticed, uh, Lou, that um, our city government and our transit police are back on track to trying to establish the fact that it is hype, that all the thoughts about crime in the subways are being hyped up in the media. Let me take you back to what Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, tried to establish early on in his mayoralty, but he crashed and burned on this by saying that crime in the subways was just a perception. We have a safe subway system. Transit police officers, they have done their job. What we must do is remove the perception of fear. Cases like this aggravates the perception of fear. Uh, When you see homeless individuals with mental health issues not being attended to and given the proper services, that add to the perception of fear. And so what our battle is in the subway system is fighting the perception of fear that cases like this could happen. And we're doing that. Uh, we were clear. Uh, the, uh, the chief of transit police. All right, all right, enough for that nonsense. It's your perception of fear, ladies and gentlemen, your perception of fear, not the reality of fear. And then he dropped that like a hot rock when that Asian woman was crushed to death in front of the train at 14th Street and uh, it was uh, 7th Avenue. Uh, As a result of that emotionally disturbed guy who was hanging out in that station, constantly pushing her to her death. 
And now all of a sudden they've revived it, Lou. If I could have a little bit of Steppenwolf underneath, I need a little bit of that motivation, that circulation, because we're going to get our audience pumping and jumping. Okay, you could get it a little all right. So yesterday at the MTA board hearing, it's a monthly hearing, uh, the money-taking agency, trying the perception argument again was the NYPD chief of department, Kenneth Corey, and this time he waylaid the media. He said, look, the media is driving public concerns about safety. It's safer than ever before to be taking the subway. This guy is out of his mind. There's been an increase in crimes, even tabulated by the transit police, and that's dismal considering there are substantially fewer strap hangers now than before COVID. But he wants to drive home the point that it is your perception and not reality. Oh, yeah, perception, not reality. Well, let's go to uh, some of our resident experts here at WABC. City guy bar none, Dominic Carter, grew up 138th and 3rd in the Patterson Projects and then eventually the Throg's Neck Projects in the neck. Let's see what he has to say about subway crime. On a weekly basis, I have to get my allergy shots. So to get a break, I used to take New Jersey Transit from Suffering down to Penn Station and then get on the subway. I'm not willing to do that anymore. I never thought that I would be afraid to ride the subway. But you could be next. I could be next. Dominic, it's just your perception. It's not a reality according to the MTA money-taking agency. City guy, Dominic, come back into the the bowels of the beast. And then there's our own Greg Kelly, as you know, proud naval uh, lieutenant colonel, make that marine lieutenant colonel. I used to see him regularly on the E-train, and then all of a sudden he wouldn't take it anymore. What about you, Greg? Are you going to go down to, into, the, into the belly of the beast? Uh, back to the city, which is, um, uh, you know, what do we got out there? What's the anarchy? <laughs> anarchy? I rode the subway today. Yes, I know. I have not been riding it for uh, many months. I decided to give it a try. It was not pleasant, okay? It was off to a bad start. Walked by two guys who gave me a dirty look. Um, it's one thing to, you know, not be ignored, but another thing to get a dirty look. I felt very... Uh, you know, uh, a couple of years ago, I might have said, what are you looking at? <laughs> okay, that would have been a bad thing to say. Ah, Greg Kelly, it's your perception. It's not the reality. Shame on you, according to the MTA money-taking agency. Agency. Well, uh, they're up in years. Let's go to the young Huckleberry, uh, Andrew Giuliani, who lost the uh, Republican uh, campaign to become the gubernatorial candidate Let's find out what Andrew, what the uh, young Huckleberry feels about riding the subway. I got to tell you, seeing it on the ground, it's yeah. getting worse and worse right now. And I hate to start everybody's Labor Day Monday with bad news. But the really the truth is, coming up on the subway on the east side, nice area of the city there, I saw seven or eight people that either were drugged up or were sleeping on the subway there. Unacceptable. And easy answers to this that they just don't ultimately want to execute. This is an outrage, Lou. Doesn't Dominic Carter, Greg Kelly, and Andrew Giuliani realize it is just their perception of fear? I don't know if it's perception here. Look, this man was stabbed by an attacker who uh, who uh, 
Oh, my God. Was stealing his money. Was stealing his cell phone. This occurred on the number two train just yesterday at the Winthrop Street Station. He was uh, taken to a nearby hospital. And once again, the NYPD does not give us a full uh, description of the assailant in the subway. They say he appeared to be a teenager who wore a black hoodie. What the hell is the color of his skin? Is he black, Hispanic, white, Asian? They never tell us. Oh, and then, wait, wait. Just the day before on Sunday here, the perception of fear, not the reality, you schmucks at the MTA, money-taking agency. 33-year-old man uh, gets into it with another guy on the number four train at West Burnside Avenue and Jerome Avenue in the Bronx around 7.30 at night and gets stabbed in the neck. I can't even get a description here. You see what it is, Lou? Can't even get a description. But meantime, they announced the MTA money-taking agency that they're going to put cameras in all subway cars, all 6,400 subway cars. This is what I was calling for all during my campaign for mayor that I lost to Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan. But, Maquana Mai, how long is it going to take him? Meantime, on the flip side of the MTA is the Long Island Railroad and Metro North. And apparently there is a realization that crime is becoming more and more of a problem on both those railroads. So they have now assigned the train patrol unit, which will include about 60 police officers dedicated exclusively to riding the LIRR and Metro North trains because they admit they have a growing crime problem there. I don't get this. There's a growing crime problem on the Long Island Railroad and Metro North. That's real. But the growing crime problem in the subways is not real. It's a perception. Let's flip the script and go from the uh, MTA subways, Long Island Railroad, and Metro North to the Ralph Cramden bus service. Apparently, uh, the MTA has said because of an increase in recent bus driver hirings, they've had more collisions than ever before. They're banging into uh, cars they're banging into e-bikes, scooters, bicyclists, Uber, Lyft drivers. <laughs> it's like ping pong out there in the streets. That's why, Lou, you need a magic carpet ride to get around the five boroughs of the city of New York. And hey, hey, Lou, is it over? Did, uh, did, did the queen take the dirt bath yet? Did she eat dirt? Oh, oh, she did. So next up is the coronation. So we don't have to talk about candle blocking, Meghan and Markle during the Queen Elizabeth's funeral, Sparks conspiracy theory, or that Prince Harry appears to stop singing God Save the King during the Queen's funeral. Enough of this nonstop orgy of coverage. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Every time I look at the prince born to be King Lou, I see those sausage fingers, and I have flashbacks to my youth. When I'd be listening to the radio in the morning, and what would I hear? The commercial for more pork sausages, Mom. More pork sausages, Mom. More pork sausages, please. Oh, P-A-R-K-S, the pleasingest sausage. Oh, God. Oh, by the way, uh, just a little bit ago, up in Washington Heights... It was a great dynamic duo, former governor of the state of New York, George Pataki, Republican governor for 12 years. No scandals during those 12 years. Unlike everything that happened during uh, 
when Elliot Spitzer was governor, when Andrew Evilized Cuomo was governor. No scandal, Pataki, was there to endorse Congressman Lee Zeldin in Washington Heights outside of the bodega where Jose Alba was attacked by a customer's boyfriend. And then he had to take out the blade and he had to stab him multiple times in order to be able to survive that. He was immediately incarcerated on Rikers Island by you-know-who Alvin Bragg who loves to release criminals but incarcerate people who fight back. And then eventually, because of public pressure, Jose Alba was released. He couldn't even walk the streets of Harlem or Washington Heights or Inwood any longer. So guess what? He did reverse osmosis, whereas illegals are flooding to America from the DR, Dominican Republic, as they go hop, skip, and a jump. They take uh, the ferry over to Puerto Rico. And then once they're on Puerto Rico, which is part of the United States, a commonwealth, they try to secure their way illegally into the United States. And some of them are from the Trinitarios gang, which has laid siege to the Bronx, to Upper Manhattan, to parts of Patterson, New Jersey. And they are a growing menace in our country. But hey, what, what, whatever. Meantime, uh, as... uh, uh, Pataki was there to endorse uh, Congressman Lee Zeldin in group in front of a group of uh, Dominicans and other Hispanics who were supporting Zeldin to become the next governor. Still, Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb has refused to establish a debate time, a time in which she's going to go one-on-one with Congressman Lee Zeldin and discuss the many issues, including the MTA money-taking agency that she's in charge of, But she acts as if she's a silent partner. Could she actually take a subway ride on her own without getting lost? Or a Long Island Railroad ride? Or a Metro North ride? Absolutely not. And whatever happened to that idea right before the lockdown and pandemic of March of 2020, when then-Governor Andrew Evelines Cuomo said that he would assign 500 police officers from the uh, MTA police squad, that's the uh, state squad, who would do observations at the turnstile and would be stopping all the fair evasion that is costing the system millions and millions and millions of dollars. Hey, Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb, whatever happened to that idea? Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. As we continue the lunchtime hour here at WABC, Lou, this sounds strikingly like the classic black and white movie Godzilla. Remember with Raymond Burr? But no, 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 it's not. It's not Godzilla. No, no, no. What is it? It's The Shining. Remember The Shining? 
Oh, what a classic Stephen King horror movie. Well, the book that was turned into the horror movie. Trying to think who it was that eventually put that on the big screen. So I scratch my head, Stanley Kubrick. And then remember, it starred Jack Nicholson and Shelley Duvall and the little kid who had those psychic powers. Ah, now you're remembering, Lou. Now, why would I be playing the theme song to The Shining? Well, clearly, the Axeman cometh. The Axeman who it was first reported to all of you on the Saturday program that I do with Anthony Weiner, left versus right, three to four, when I had indicated that a crazed Axeman, just hours before 2.30 Saturday morning, had gone into a Mickey D's amongst the hipsters and millennials on Delancey Street, where they were bar hopping. And after getting pounded on because... He was uh, hitting up on all the young ladies, some of whom were in the company of young men. The young men, one black, one Hispanic, one white, pounded him, they thought, into submission. Pounded him as they were rabbit-punching him in the head. And then all of a sudden, you remember, Lou? It's as if he was revived, and he slowly but surely walked over to his backpack and pulled out that sharpened axe. And he began to swing it wildly, busting glass, busting tables, busting everything in front of him. He approached all three of the hipster millennial guys who were all tough when they were rabbit punching him. And then all of a sudden they were hiding like little girly men behind their lady folk. And then he approached that one young lady. Remember how she was terrorized? She couldn't move. She was trapped. And he hit her. And then he waved that sharpened axe in front of her face. And he could have beheaded her right there, could have impaled her. And everybody else cleared out of his path. They said, the axe man, he's crazy, the axe man. But still there were people who would not leave the Mickey D's they were filming it. No security officer, no cops. Then he went away on his 10-speed English racer. Only to be caught about an hour later by, co uh, by the police, NYPD, and Ludlow Street. Charged with a series of crimes. And then all of a sudden, in front of the Manhattan DA, an assistant DA cut him loose. Said he is no danger to society. They leave him on his own recognizance. And since he has done interviews and people have said, my God, he's sane, he's sober, he's lucid, he's not kukulamunga, he's not crazy. And immediately I was harkened back to that scene in The Shining, remember? Where the lead character, Jack Torrance, Jack Nicholson, the writer, the recovering alcoholic, was interviewing for a position to be the off-season caretaker of the isolated historic Overlook Hotel in the Colorado Rockies. Remember how sane, sober, lucid, and not crazy at all he sounded in that interview? Some people can be put off by the idea of staying alone in a place where something like that actually happened. Well, you can rest assured, Mr. Ullman, that's not going to happen with me. And uh, as far as my wife is concerned... Uh, I'm sure she'll be absolutely fascinated when I tell her about it. She's a uh, confirmed ghost story and horror film addict. <laughs>
Uh, right? He appeared to be well-dressed, in complete control of his mental and physical faculties, sane, lucid, not crazy, and most importantly, as a former alcoholic, just like the X-Men. Sober. Then all of a sudden, he and his family are at the Overlook Hotel in Colorado, and a blizzard has snowed them in. And then the next thing we see, that same individual, Jack Nicholson, Jack Nicholson is Jack Torrance, repeating a nursery rhyme. Little pigs, little pigs, let me come in. Not by the hair on your chinny chin chin. Then I'll huff, and I'll puff, and I'll blow your house in. That's quite an axe he was swinging there, Lou, right? Didn't it sort of remind you of the Axeman and that Mickey D's? And then the classic line of The Shining once he had broken through the door. When he said, here's Johnny. Here's Johnny! So think of that. Had uh, Jack Nicholson uh, stood before Manhattan DA, turn him loose, DA, Alvin Bragg. Remember, Lou, he never hit them, right? He never hit his wife there. She actually stabbed him like Jose Alba, right, in defense. But he never actually hit her. And it's interesting because... Under these so-called no-bail laws, the uh, attempted assault with an axe, unless you actually hit somebody, no. They don't keep you in jail, no. They turn them loose, Alvin Bragg, he turned them loose. And then all of a sudden, an intrepid reporter from Channel 7 Eyewitness News located the axe man. And he explained to her in a very calm and lucid manner, same way Jack Nicholson originally was in The Shining, why he did what he did. My intentions were not to hurt anyone. My intentions were not to put anyone in a hospital or dice anybody up. The reason why I pulled out the hatchet was because, okay, I'm going to get back at these guys, but I'm going to make sure that they don't jump me again. Wow, you sounded lucid, sounded intelligent. Sounded sane, sounded sober, right? He probably was uh, making his defense on stand your ground. He stood his ground, Lou and that Mickey D's. But then the intrepid reporter of Channel 7 Eyewitness News asked him, well, why do you carry around an axe in your, uh, in your bag? I'm always out there on the road, so I'm always actually getting into it with drivers, which is what the tomahawk is for. It's not for people. It's for trees and, you know, vehicles. The tomahawk is for vehicles. <laughs> so, Lou, he claims he earns his living as a messenger, riding around the city like Pee Wee Herman with a tomahawk in his knapsack, and he uses it against drivers. 
What, when a driver won't get out of his way, he whips out his tomahawk, wham, 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 and uses it against trees. Lou, Lou, I would have found a nuance in the law. I would have upcharged him with assault, with an axe. That would have remanded him to jail, no bail, but I would have charged him with potential arborside. He would have ended up killing a tree, a tree with that axe. Oh, in the memory of the great uh, Parks Commissioner, no longer here, Henry Stern, former city councilman. He was uh, Mike Kumbadichich, Rudy Giuliani's Park Commissioner. Henry Stern actually charged individuals who harmed trees with arborside. If you even put a chain around a tree because you wanted to chain your bicycle and lock it around a tree, he had you charged by his Parks Department police, charged you with arborside. By the way, Lou, be careful out there, wherever you may be, in this naked city, Fear City, USA, New York City, where oftentimes you feel like Kurt Russell in Escape from New York. The Axeman is out there on his 10-speed English racer, apparently still working as a messenger. (laughs) If you happen to be in a vehicle right now, beware! The Axeman has his tomahawk ready for you. And if you're a tree hugger and tree lover like I am, protect the trees from the Axeman who admits that he has committed arborside. So let's flip the script back to Lemigre, immigration and naturalization, and the number of illegals that are pouring into the city of New York as we speak. Five buses this morning alone. Uh, and Eric Adams, the swagger man, continues to have no plan. In fact, Lou, he continues to promote the idea of housing these illegal aliens on cruise ships would require him to recommission them, take them out of mothballs north of Fort Lauderdale, sail them up along the few docks that remain in Manhattan and into Red Hook, and house them there. Just, just listen to the mayor as he consistently says something that makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. We're examining everything from, uh, you know, the legality of using uh, any type of cruise ship for temporary housing. Uh, We're looking at everything to see how do we deal with this. Yeah, how do we deal with this? Why don't you take a page out of the history of previous mayors? You claim that you know everything that was done under Michael Bloomberg's administration because he was your Medici. He was your supporter during the mayoral race. You have no idea, do you, Eric Adams, that when Bloomberg was mayor, elected uh, two terms, eight years, and then stole a, f- a third term for four years, he had a budget annually of $500,000 in which he would ship. He would ship people, homeless people and illegal aliens, out of the city. He would say, hey, we'll give you money. Just leave New York City. Yeah, yeah. And this was first started in 1987 by Mayor Ed Koch. I remember when, at the time, Sharp James, Sharpie Sharp James, was the mayor of Newark. He objected because what Koch was doing was bribing guys who were coming in from Newark and taking advantage of the right to shelter in New York City. And he said, i tell you what. We'll give you money. We'll house you in the Lincoln Motel, which is right across from Newark Bear Park. And you can stay at the Lincoln Motel. And Sharp James was screaming about that. And what Koch did was hand them one-way bus tickets 
and a lot of schiaro. So over the course of about 12 years, they relocated 17,000 people to other localities. So don't act like this has never been done before. And meantime, while all this mishigash is going on, when the 10,000 Ukrainians are coming into New York City, because we've been told as war refugees they will be housed in New York City, could be in Sheepshead Bay, could be in Brighton, Brighton Beach, could be the South Shore, Staten Island, wherever there is a large Ukrainian community. They must have sponsors. They must have sponsors, or they will not be permitted to settle here. Now, how is it the Ukrainians coming in from war-ravaged war Ukraine? They can make the case that they need asylum. They have to have sponsors. But if you happen to come in illegally uh, through the border of Mexico into Texas or Arizona, or California. You don't need any sponsors whatsoever. And in regards to DeSantis in Florida, who once again has established himself leader of the pack, he is now planning on sending the illegals from Texas. Remember, he's sending them from Texas. He's not sending them from Florida. He's going to send them in Texas. It's like a tag team between Abbott and DeSantis. The next round, he's going to fly illegal aliens from Texas outside of San Antonio. Right out uh, outside of the summer home, that's right, of Joe and Jill Biden. I applaud him. I applaud him. And, in fact, let's face it, there are two major figures in America now. You have, you have pretty boy Gus Newsom in California who has destroyed single-handedly the state of California, but he is pro-illegal. Uh, he has already thrown the gauntlet down after the 60 Minutes interview that Joe Biden had the other night where he gave the impression he might not run, and right away Gus Newsom says, call on me. And then the second thing Gus Newsom did was challenge DeSantis to a debate about this immigration uh, mishigash that we have on our hands. Two million illegals to date have crossed illegally into the United States on our southern border. And I think it is incumbent upon DeSantis to accept that, a national debate on this issue, since these would probably be the two leading candidates as I uh, suggest, out with the old, out with Biden, out with Trump, in with the new. Uh, let's bring on pretty boy Gus Newsom, who looks like he's out of central casting, who almost got recalled, almost, by Larry Elder, almost. Uh, and DeSantis, who clearly, without Trump running for president, would lead the field. And let him get in on and debate this issue over and over and over on a day in which a sheriff, a Texas sheriff, has said he plans on suing DeSantis for flying those Venezuelan uh, immigrants, illegals, from Texas into Martha's Vineyard. Although he says, uh, I don't know of any laws that he may have broken. I don't know of, of any statutes he may have violating. It's just that he abused their human rights. What the hell? You're going to sue him and you don't know on what grounds? What, 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 what laws did he break? What statutes did he violate? It's all about Democrats versus Republicans and Republicans versus Democrats. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. 
talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. It's all in the hips. <laughs> it's all in the Work with me. It's all in the hips. Yeah. It's all in the hips. 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 Get off of me. It's all in the hips. He just needs an attention, baby. It's all in the hips. I'm on tonight, you know my hips don't lie. I'm hips, hips, hips. Let's go. Don't you see that this is It's all in the hips. They know I'm on tonight, my hips don't lie. I'm hips, hips, hips. Attraction, attention. I am completely open. You know, I'm a nightlife man, and I like to test the product. <laughs> yeah, we know he tests the product each and every night to the break of dawn. By the way... We need to give credit where credit is due, Lou. Uh, this uh, great, great musical parody was created by Chris Libertini, who is responsible for the imaging here at WABC and uh, head of the deep state here, his partner, Chris Bavona. I'll uh, get more into that in future programs about how we even have a deep state here in uh, at WABC. Uh, last night, you got to go to uh, Curtis, uh, to me, Facebook at Curtis Lewa. Facebook at Curtis Lewa, and you got to go to Twitter at Curtis Lewa. I posted a picture, Lou, you saw it, up on the stage before all of a sudden, Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan, began jumping from party to party, uh, private club to private club with dictators, despots, and tyrants here for the United Nations General Assembly meetings. He stopped off at the annual Hospitality Alliance dinner and gala. And this is naturally the restaurants, the bars, the, uh, the aperitif industry that is so critical to the economy of the city. And I notice up on the stage, side by side, like uh, Heckle and Jekyll, like uh, two scorpions in a brandy glass, not stinging one another, but stinging us and smiling. I mean, laughing at us together <laughs> was the worst mayor ever of the city of New York, comrade Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope. And next to him, the soon-to-be worst mayor, Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan. Both of them side-by-side, side, hugging one another, staring out into the crowd, and laughing collectively. See, we're the suckers. We elected de Blasio eight years, and Eric Adams. And now I see that he has lost his right-hand man. In fact, he was featured last night on the um, 5 o'clock roundtable discussion of our own John Katsimatidis and Lydia Serrani. He's the chief of staff, Frank Caron, a guy I've known well, grew up in the Canarsie area along with his, uh, uh, along with his younger brother. And then there was Frank Setio, who used to be the head of the corrupt uh, Kings County Democratic machine. They were all together, Thomas Jefferson Club, 92nd and Conklin. When we were growing up, we said there were three organized crime families in Canarsie. There were the Lucchese's and Gambinos on Avenue L and Flatlands Avenue, and of course, at 92nd and Conklin. The Thomas Jefferson Democratic Club, run by Meet Esposito, who went to jail, and Clarence Norman, who went to jail. 
And then Vito Lopez, that perv, who would have gone to jail, except he died of cancer. And then led by Frank Sedio, who grew up on my block, always said, I got your back, Curtis, when you, when you were duking it out with the Gavones. I looked behind me, he was gone. Well, Frank Caron has said, no mas, no mas. He's no longer going to be chief of staff, the gatekeeper at City Hall for Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan, starting on January 1st. He's only served a year. He's had his beak in the trough along with his other Brooklyn uh, Democratic uh, cronies. There are four pending investigations against Frank Caron, and he has decided he's out of there. Also in the shakeup, Lorraine Grillo. Now, I know you don't know Lorraine Grillo, but she's been um, involved in government, I think, since government was created. She's the first deputy mayor. She's out of there. And then you're going to have the missing in action police commissioner, Sewell, who refuses to move to New York City. A police commissioner must move to New York City if they lived outside of New York City within the first year that they're serving uh, the department in one police plaza. She insists on staying out in Nassau County. Now, look, Raymond Kelly, longest serving police commissioner, 12 years, lived in New York City. Bratton, and as many times as police commissioner, lived in New York. Dermot Shea lived in New York. She refuses to come into New York City because, as I told you, she's planning to turn in her retirement papers in October, and she'll be out of one police plaza on January 1st, and guess what? Nobody's going to miss her because nobody sees her. By the way, Lou, did you see uh, Saturday Night Live losing, uh, losing Chris Red? Chris Red is the guy who uh, imitated Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan, remember? When he looked like Superfly TNT, he's out. Who's going to play the role of Eric Adams? At this rate, with New York City facing a potential fiscal crisis of $10 billion starting on January 1st of 2023, there may be quite a few uh, of the Eric Adam administrators in his uh, in his uh, government who may be helping him not to go to the White House, which he aspires to do, but may be helping him to go to the big house, which I have a feeling a lot of them are going to be going to in chains and shackles. When you look at the beaks that they put in the trough, when you look at the whining, dining, and pocket lining and contracts that they have been securing behind closed doors of private clubs like Zero Bond, uh, like Chip Riani's downtown where Frank Caron would hold court. Man, this is eventually all going to blow up.